through uh, drinking breast milk. That's why that's why it's recommended for babies. Like it is what it is, man. Like mess with, mess with, if you're someone that has kids and had a <laughs> and had your significant oh, other. Yeah, they do that Don Lemon thing like every year. Every year he says some wild shit on live TV. They're just like, oh my gosh, Don Lemon, the rebrand is so great. Like, hey, all right. man had his drink in his cup. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South Resident 06. This is KTSTF live, uh, the podcast. I don't know why I said live, but this is episode 87, the first episode of 2022, the year of our Lord. Uh, thank you for checking out last week's episode. If you haven't, go check it out featuring Michael Pratt. We, we talk about a lot of hip hop stuff, a lot of hip hop stuff, a lot of y'all tapping about Andre 2000. You know what I'm saying? He's not untouchable. But uh, this week is this week. We have our illustrious hosts, uh, Marcus Nichols and the Tech Messiah. What's good? We here watching uh, Aaron Rodgers go on uh, watch a get another dub, get his what's this? It's like twelfth game, twelfth win in a row or something like that. I mean, washed up diva just keeps on keeps on winning, keeps on throwing touchdowns. About to get his, what third MVP. So respect the God. Yeah, when you have no family and friends to you know share love and holidays with, you have all that extra time to focus on sports. So shout out. I mean, yeah, but look at Patrick Mahomes' brother. Like, would you want to hang out with them? Like, Patrick Mahomes seems miserable with his family. <laughs> that man was dancing on Sean Taylor's grave. You got to answer for that guy. No, thank right. you, uh, Mister Messiah. So, what what do we prefer? What do you prefer to be called? You you are the man of many names and faces. Got the beard coming back in. Like what what Tech Messiah, can we call it your government name? Like what what are we doing? No, I, can I call your government name? No, don't call my government name. You call your government name all the time. No, you don't. Yes, we okay. I'm gonna call you your government name then. Let's do let's play that game. Hey, let's call me it, Tech. Okay, that's oh, all that's all I'm asking. That's all that's all I'm asking. Look, the, the man's little tech is a little sleepy, he's a little emotional. You know, all that. Um uh, shout out to Itch Tribbles, who was also on the episode. Last week's episode was definitely Dynamite. Um, and we should definitely have both of them on again. Um, so shout out to both of y'all. Jesus. Yeah, so shout out to them. So let, let's get started with the, our quick updates on, on our football team. So I am unfortunately supportive of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we got packed up by the Bills. I predicted the score on the Derbanish report. Earlier this week with the homie Aaron Freeman from Lockdown Falcons to be 30 to 13, it ended up being like 29 to 15. And there's a little bit of controversy. Uh, we might have had a new most balcony play in Falcons history as uh, Matt Ryan went in to score a rushing touchdown. Um, after said touchdown, spiked the ball, right? Got a taunting penalty. Upon further review, Matt Ryan actually did not break the plane. His knee was down and that taunting penalty cost him 15 yards and essentially three to seven points because we did not get any points off that drive. And Falcons fans were like, oh, he was he was in. This isn't college. You know, it should have been a touchdown. Like there's clearly photographic evidence that his knee was down. But I mean, had it been another team or another player, they'd have been like, yo, he was down. Because it's the Falcons, they do what they do and they, they cap. Um, I honestly don't think that touchdown would have helped. Um, Kyle Pitts was out, so we really had no big offensive threat. He was kind of balling early in the game. But, yeah, the, now the narrative was like, oh, you know, we, we couldn't beat the Bills and the refs. It's like, bro, the Bills were clearly toying with us. They were not taking this team seriously. And when they did decide to take it seriously, they got us up out of here. So we are officially 
eliminated from the playoffs, even though in my head we've been eliminated for at least three or four weeks. So uh, if Kyle Pitts is hurt, I think he tweaks his hamstring. Go ahead and bubble wrap that guy until next season. Uh, the Falcons have not shown a, a good track record with people's hamstrings, uh, Julio Jones. So let's just, uh, yeah, he can sit out next week. If he's not 100% healthy, just let him sit. Nah, let him sit no, anyway. Also, eliminated also, wait, also, shout out to the Titans for uh, clinching <laughs> the first seed in the AFC South and making it to the playoffs, as many Falcons fans question why Julio Jones decided to go to that team. Hmm. Yeah, Crazy. We'll be in the playoffs in a, in a few weeks. but uh, Okay, so I have a quick question about that, because uh, the brother, CP, who currently has my Abby under his control, uh, he said that Derrick Henry was coming back next week. Is that true? Allegedly, yes. Yeah, <laughs> well, he no, like IR is only uh three or four weeks now. It's not like the entire season. Torres ACL. Hey man, these cats different. Hey, uh, you see how big that dude is? <clears throat> oh my god. Yeah, like I see I seen the picture. I seen the picture of uh of that Matt Ryan play. Like, I get it. Like if you're in the backyard. And he does that, like that's a touchdown. But in the NFL, they have this a billion dollar industry. They got all these cameras, slow motion, super slow motion, microscopes, and all that shit. When his knee was down, the ball had not crossed the plane, so it's not a touchdown. Like it's a it's silly, but it is what it is. Like, who cares? And even with Kyle Pitts, even if he is healthy, shut him down for the rest of the season, because why? Like that man got the quietest thousand yard season ever. So like just he's got the record. There's no point in playing. You guys are out of the playoffs. I'd sit Matt Ryan too. Sit everybody. Anybody that's going to be coming back next year, AJ Terrell, send him home. Like he's done his job. Send his ass home. Like job well done. Go home. Rest up. But it, it was well. I was going to say it was good to watch my team, but they actually uh, lost today. Uh, the Colts did on in in heartbreaking fashion, and Carson Wentz. Did not look great, but uh, that was our best option this past offseason. So we just got to kind of hope that uh, he uh, gets healthy and we can beat the Jaguars next week and get into the playoffs in Jacksonville, uh, a place we we have not beaten the Jaguars on the road in like three years. So with our luck, next week will be the the week that the Jaguars avenge this 50-point 50-burger they gave up today and take it out on us and knock us out of the playoffs. No, the Raiders didn't do it for Madden. They did it for John Gruden. Real quick, uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony, the nastiest man on Twitter, I, I tweeted out the picture of Matt Ryan's knee being down. Yo, I saw Tony was on the summer jab screen for, like, nastiest tweets of 2021. Yeah, <laughs> You know what it is? You know what it is? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know what it is. What did now? Is that that hentai dude that tweeted that earlier with the breast or whatever? No, no. Marcus, do you remember what the tweet that the good brother Tony? I don't. I don't remember what it said, but if, if you read it, I, I have a feeling like I I, I know what it's about. Uh, something about some meat, like you want to see the meat or something like that. The longest short was he's like, "Yo, women, if dudes send you uh, unsolicited genital pictures, put them on the timeline." Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was him. I didn't know who that was. I seen <laughs> yeah. that. I thought that was. I thought that was very questionable. So uh, he he's saying that the picture that I tweeted out is extremely photoshopped, and this this is how uh, forty five kind of liked it for yes. people not believing in reality. Fake I literally news. I literally just clipped the picture from the video of like the play. So I don't 
I mean, if that's what you want to believe, that that's that's on you. But that's, we live in reality. But anywho, yeah, uh, my team is trash. I will be trash next year too. So, God bless. <coughs> Gotta love football. And once again, I will still stand by my uh, statement of there's no reason the NFL should be playing football games outside in cold weather or in snow. Because I, I caught, I saw the highlights of the Falcons Bills game, and it, it was snowing. Obviously. There's no reason football should be played that way. Like, get over it. Like, segregation is over. Let's move on. Like, we have heated stadiums. We have roof covers. Cover close that roof. Like, I'm watching. I'm watching the the Packers um, Vikings game. It's ten degrees outside, and they're playing at night outside. There's no reason for that. And then the Vikings the just falling. Like, Jesus, Louise. Like, fix this shit. Who is nobody who is wants that? I think we should ignore that one. That looks like a <laughs> uh, looks like hey. a Russian hacker. We're going to go ahead and block them. It's probably Tony. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, let's let's stick with football and let's talk about the, the past. Well, damn, I get to say nothing about my team. What the fuck? <laughs> We're sticking with football. Go ahead. Okay, well. Let me get this link. Some people said my team played today. I don't know. I, I was at work. Allegedly, we gave up 50 points. I'm a Jaguar fan. It is what it is. Uh, my thing is, if the NFL, they shouldn't have went to 17 games. I mean, I've, I've experienced enough agony in my life. I don't need to see another freaking game and probably another beatdown or another week that we can't score 20 points because we haven't scored over 23 points all season long. Having an extra week is stupid. Like, just just go with 16, 16 games, 17 weeks, not 17 and 18. Um, you know, the clown movement or clown out was big this week. Uh, the brother CP uh, let me off of the he, – he let me off my leash, so I was able to participate in that, uh, basically. Um, in a, a move of solidarity, uh, my niggas, the Jaguar fans – we all put clown pictures with the mustache or mustache on them to make fun of our clown ass owner um, who is now 41 and 120 in the last 10 years, which is an average of four wins a year, which is putrid. And prior to him owning the team, we had only had one season where we lost, well, won only five games. With him, we can only win four a year, so it's terrible. Uh, it's rough. I like the clown movement, though. I was able to meet a lot of people that were still Jaguar fans. It was cool, you know, and I know we get a lot of jokes. We catch a lot of flack, and I know we're a small fan base, but, man, we, we ride out on stuff. Like, that That clown movement is, is pretty pretty legit. Like, I like it. You know, if I was in Jacksonville still, I'd be at the stadium in my clown mask, clown suit, dressed up like homie the clown being ready to go but it just sucks man you know i get tired of it sometimes but you know at least we didn't lose 28 to 3 in the super bowl Fuck jesus you. christ it, either either way the uh you're muted the uh jaguars job if i'm a we gm 35 to 28 in overtime I, let's get the score i mean you, you, you gave <laughs> up we're gonna be right. <laughs> 35 to 28 Either either way, if I'm a if I'm a aspiring general manager or even a head coach, that Jaguar job as a GM, that's a good job to get. You got a young quarterback that's supposed to be good. You got a lot of cap space, high draft picks. Hey man, 
that's a that's where you want to be at and you have low expectations so if you're there for like three or four years and you're not winning but you have a plan you can you can do something you can make if i was playing madden if i was still playing madden i'd pick the jaguars as my as my team to build up build them from the bottom no I, I, you know what being a jags fan is so bad and, and i'm just gonna because king quest said this look man you don't understand you guys had several years of being competent y'all have like seven eight wins this year my team is so bad we're talking about look make not only hire marvin lewis make him a, an executive vice president bring in jim caldwell do like anybody that's been fired for being mediocre the jags are begging for like we if you can win seven games you'll be a fucking hero in jacksonville it's that bad like I don't know. And you know what? The Colts, I really, I want y'all to come in. I want y'all to drop 60 on us. No, not even this, that. I hope Jonathan Taylor rushes for 330 yards against us next week. Like just a complete behind whipping is what I hope. Uh, you know, kind of similar to the way that Alabama is going to whip up on Georgia once again next weekend. That's what I want them to do. Ooh. Slow to add. I don't know. It's hard to beat teams twice in college, but that is Nick Saban. So I, I don't know. I <clears throat> I didn't even know like college football was happening until like halfway through the uh, Alabama game. I was like, "There's college football today? Like, what's what's happening?" <laughs> I did not. I I've just been kind of out of it on the uh, college football. I'm kind of done with it. Ready for it to be over. Yeah, I think those are the first college football games I've watched. So it's going to be an interesting rematch between Georgia and Alabama. Um, I, I know my timeline is like seething for the, the Bulldogs to win. Uh, again, another very fickle fan base. A lot of them were saying like, oh, you know, congratulations, Michigan, because they said that uh, Stedman Benson was going to start. And then he actually came out and played pretty good, and people were quiet. Jalen said he wasn't going to forgive his uh, slanderous tweets, but a lot of people, they, they got real quiet. They, they swore they were going to lose because they started uh, Stedman Benson, the 17th, whatever his name is, so. So it'll be definitely an interesting uh, rematch, but kind of sticking with sports, smooth transition. Uh, the the legend himself, Raiders legend, uh, John Madden passed away unexpectedly at 85 years old. Um, what? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he was fat. Like, come on. No. Okay, man. Hey. Bro, when you're fat, you, you 72. <laughs> It's like any day now, and I know I'm a fat brother, so I know. I mean, you've lost love. He know unexpectedly. Yeah, and you know, Hall of Fame coach, a coaching legend, broadcaster, uh, created Madden. Uh, I guess revolutionized football and video games. Even though Madden has been terrible for the better part of shit, at least Maybe five years. Uh, yeah, at least five years. I haven't bought Madden in years. I'm ashamed at my Madden. I'm, I'm ashamed of what I did this year at Madden. I don't even, you know what? I'm going to say it because this is, we like to be transparent in this podcast. I, I told myself that, hey, I'm going to play Madden, whatever. I'm going to actually stick with it because usually the cycle with me is to buy Madden and as soon as the new Call of Duty comes out, which is like two months later, I just drop Madden completely. So I was like, all right, cool. I got a PS5. Let me get Madden on there. And then I had a homie that's got an Xbox. I was like, you know what? Let me get Madden on there too. The the biggest waste of like $120 I've, I've spent quite some time. I've not powered them shits up in, since that came out. 
I think I played one game of Madden the entire season. It's just like, nah, I'm good. Halo, right. though, grinding. 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 <clears throat> but, yeah, RIP Madden. Uh, what I will say is uh, I will proclaim that the best Madden that was put out in the modern era, I'm not counting the old fucking pixelated Madden. I'm talking about, like, the Madden. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that King Quest. Uh, not in the pixelated era, but, like, the modern era, modern systems, the best Madden they put out was Madden 2005 with Ray Lewis on the cover. That's when defense actually meant something. Like, for whatever reason, it kind of like with the real NFL, they make defense extremely difficult to play on Madden as far as adjustments-wise. Like, back in 2005, up until, like, 2000, maybe eight or nine, they had defensive plays where you could pick double tight end, double X, double Y, double Y receivers. Those plays have disappeared. Now, in order to double these players, you have to manually go in and press, like, 36 buttons. Like, I know you're throwing to Julio Jones if you play with the Falcons, or I know you're throwing to Odell. I know you're throwing to your top receiver. If I know you're not that that good, I'm taking him away every play. You're going to have to beat me with somebody else. Plain and simple. Back in the day, I could just pick that play and ride with it. Now, I'm like, shit, on offense, if you play mad, you understand what I'm talking about. You can, fam, like, you know, it, people that are, are, are football heads, back in the day when you watched Peyton Manning play, Marcus, you know, he's a Colts fan. Peyton Manning would go up to the line and just audible, audible for days. Uh, Omaha, Omaha, whatever, whatever. Just be yelling, hand signals, all that shit. On Madden on offense, you can do the same. I can, yeah, I can audible 36 times in like five seconds, whereas on defense, you can't. So, like, I could like know what you're going to run. I could pick my defense, and then you can audible 36 times to find the formation that's going to beat my defense before I have a second to change it, which is bullshit. So, that's to me is where Madden kind of got trashed. But, yeah. Yeah, it has. And I remember, you know, we, we've had some epic battles against each other. Sometimes they pop up on my timeline. Like, me and you used to go at it, man. Saints, Falcons used to go down. And, you know, now this, which happy birthday to him. But uh, Chuck the Decoy, uh, follow him on, on Twitter. Make sure, you know, you, you send him pigs uh, this week because he's a slob. Happy birthday to you. He talks so much noise in Madden. And it's like before they took away those controls, man, I used to dominate this dude. Man, even you, you came into town and laid the smack down on a garage full of people, had them complaining and crying, took their money, and they changed it. But to me, 04 Madden was one of my favorites, like because of, you know, Vic, the legendary Falcon, of course. He was unstoppable on that game. I do like the older ones with the defensive controls. And like someone said in the chat, who I want to say might have been uh, King Quest, when they added that aggressive catch, and then you have people like, uh, I don't know what his name is, but uh, I'm not even going to say his name. You just have people that play, and they're really good at the user catch, and they'll just catch anything. They'll beat any defense every time. To me, when they killed off college football, they added that offense from that to the Madden game, and it made it a lot less realistic. Like, NFL football is not you scoring 60 points. I remember one day, this was like maybe 2010, I lost to this dude that would just sit back and call four straight Hail Marys, and he was just good at user catch. That's all he would do. And then if you try to adjust to beat it, he'll adjust it back and then run or something like that. He beat, yeah. he, he beat the brakes off of me with Cam Newton back then because Cam Newton could run, but he had a strong arm. 
and he just runs Hail Marys like just all day. He he runs the Hail Mary with you have the tight end or either the the maybe the fifth receiver, the slot receiver will run a slant. Everybody else runs deep. And he would just kill me. Like, and I'm like, bro, this isn't even real football. Or or you have people that'll learn all these glitch plays and stuff like that. It's just really become terrible. And they need to put the emphasis back on the defense. They need to bring back the pre-controls for the defense as well. They need to bring back some of the, the training stuff that they had before. That was actually fun. Like you can learn how to actually run the ball effectively, how to catch, how to play defense effectively. They took all that off for mutt and all this other stupid stuff. That is, you know, I, I see people playing the game. Oh, yeah, man, I got Jerry Rice and, and Walter Payton on my team. Nigga, th- with, with Calvin Johnson and Julio Jones, this, this doesn't even make sense. Like, how's that fun? Like, creating super teams to go against people. Nigga, please bring back the real thing. But, interesting note about John Madden. Like, I could, he was the voice of football for a childhood for me. Like, you know, I, I would watch those Cowboy 49ers games. He was always calling them. He had the Madden bus. And it's like he became so big, I forgot he was even a coach. And he's got the highest winning percentage of all time. I mean, when you think of having what I think it's like almost 760, and he 10 years of coaching, one championship, like, dude's a real deal legend, man. I mean, you, you have a lot of coaches that would be considered good nowadays that are nowhere near winning 70% of their game. I think uh, Madden reached that point for us that uh, Charles Barkley has reached for people. Like a lot of people don't understand that Charles Barkley was like one of the greatest players ever when he was playing. And they just view him as a commentator on TNT, like some fat overweight guy, not knowing that like he was one of like the top five players ever. And uh, going on what Tech said, like, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't realize Madden was that great of a coach growing up because he obviously he retired from coaching before I was born. So it's just like when I hear John Madden, I just think of the video game. He started coaching the Raiders when he was 33 years old and went 12, one and one his first year. And he only coached for 10 years, like a 75 uh, winning percentage is insane. Like that's an insanely great winning percentage to have. And that's like a young like you're a young hotshot. If you're 33 years old coming in the game with uh, that type of winning percentage, but I will say that unless you played, um, I'm gonna say college football and up, I feel like Madden, the video game, is where you learn the most about football. Like as far as like coverages, you know what the linebackers are supposed to do, route trees, all that stuff. Like where else are you gonna learn that kind of stuff? Because and that's that's the legacy and the importance of. John Madden and the video game because it's like, I mean, I played high school football, but we had you know, two or three like cover two and man, and cover three, maybe cover four if we're if you're feeling fancy. But I mean, we're, we didn't have all these you know, intricate schemes and offensive game plans and like I, I learned what like the West Coast offense was, the spread offense, all these the options. I didn't learn that stuff from playing football or watching football. I learned all that stuff from playing it on the game, playing Madden. And I feel like if we're going to be honest, I, at least millennials, millennials learned everything they know about football. Well, I don't want to say everything, but like 90% of the football information that's in your head, you learned it from playing Madden. And I think that's the uh, the legacy. That's a fantastic uh, point. You're right about that. 
Because Lord knows I wouldn't know a damn thing about the West Coast if it wasn't for Madden. Like, Hell no. You know, just it spread concepts, different things like that. Like, they, they put a lot into that game. And um, it's sad to see him go. I know one of the things that they brought up was he actually had the opportunity to buy as many shares as he wanted in Madden for seven bucks a piece in EA. And they were saying that, you know, by him turning it down, he was like, no, nah, you know, that's that's not my thing. I'm not an investor. And they was like, he he could have been he could have had billions of dollars if he would have invested in the actual game. But he just, you know, got his royalty checks, did his thing, you know, was gone. But yeah, definitely I agree with King Quest. Bring back NCAA was fun, like super fun. And they say they're gonna bring that back. I can't wait till they bring that back. Um, as far as Madden is concerned, I know that it's a small movement, but Put Madden back on the cover for 2022, you know, to, to honor him in that way. Go ahead and bring him back. So just switching up, I mean, we're still on coaches, but, um, of course, Dan Reeves also passed as well. Um, and, you know, I know you guys are, you know, well, one of you is a Falcons fan. What What are your thoughts on, on Dan Reeves passing? And, like, what are your memories of Dan Reeves? Because I remember, you know, that 98 year and – taking the dirty bird to the, to Miami. I had the t-shirt and everything. I had the Jamal Anderson Jersey. We'd be in school doing the dirty bird. Like what are some of y'all's thoughts on, uh, on Dan Reeves? Uh, I, I have a few memories, not like a few, but like I grew up in Georgia. So I'm, I was very aware of Dan Reeves and the Atlanta Falcons growing up. Um, I actually, uh, met Dan Reeves when I was a kid. My dad actually has a picture that he took of uh, me and Dan Reeves that when I was like, I guess, probably like seven or eight years old. So, like, he's been old my entire life, obviously. But uh, that it's a pretty cool memory to. Uh, it's a cool picture to have, I guess. But as far as like memories of Dan Reeves, I'd probably say, um, I don't know him doing the Dirty Bird when they won the NFC championship game against the Vikings, which was, that was a tragedy that the Vikings didn't get to go to that Super Bowl because that would have been much more entertaining. But uh, yeah, I mean, he was a, he was kind of a, I want to say like an underrated coach, but I mean, he went to, he took the Broncos, to, I think two or three Super Bowls early on. Like, I mean, they lost all of them, but you, you got to give, you, you got to give a coach a lot of credit getting his team to three Super Bowls and then getting another team to another Super Bowl. Cause there's a lot of coaches that never even make it to one, you know, and for him to get to four Super Bowls is, is very impressive for, for any head coach, win or lose. Yeah. Uh, Dan Reeves, great Atlanta Falcons coach. It was like, I was young when he was the coach. I vaguely remember stuff back, back those days. Like when I see the player jerseys, I'm like, okay, I remember these players from the team, but uh, he definitely was a, a great coach in Falcons history. Um, uh, currently, Mike Smith is still the most winningest coach in Falcons history, but I think Jesus. Dan Reeves is right behind him. So uh, Arthur Smith has a ways to go to catch him. But really quick double back, a quick uh, a conversation I saw on the timeline regarding Madden uh, <clears throat> was like, who was your like top player? I think uh, Tech said his was Michael Vick. Um, for me, one player that I used to wreak havoc on wreak havoc on people were was uh prime julius peppers that dude was a monster on madden and i know tech was talking about like glitches uh yes there were glitches on the game that they had to patch which kind of mitigated his abilities like before on defense if you remember playing madden a while ago and kj i'm gonna get to you because you're you're getting out of pocket with your madden commentary and <laughs> um 
But back in the day on Madden, you could uh, the defensive players could you could jump off sides every play. Like so, before you hike the ball on offense, I could literally go tackle the quarterback every play. So it wasn't really a glitch, but there was you could hold a button and hold the stick forward where it would lock you onto the line and not make you jump. But as soon as the ball snapped, you were launching like a rocket. And with Julius Pepper's ability, I, I could pretty much get a sack whenever I wanted to. Like, I was on top. I was dominant with that team. Who they have? Uh, Steven Davis, Steve Smith, uh, Jake Delhomme. Like, just with those characters on the game, I, I was I was dominating people. It was it was ridiculous. So, I, 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 I mean, uh, we're talking about that. Jeremy Shockey, when he was with the Saints, the breeze to Jeremy Shockey connection, I would kill people with that. Uh, Jimmy Smith, too. You're right. Because he was just so too. tall. It didn't make yep. any sense. So. And then um, Manny Lawson, I was a beast with him. Like, I would switch him from linebacker to end, and he had, like, a 93 speed. He'd automatically go from, like, a 70-something to, like, a 99 overall. I'd make that switch, and he would blast off the line. He, he was deadly. Um, so those two are two guys that I would use and just be dominant with. And, and one more out for, for old school, and this is one of my favorite Madden's of all time, Madden 99, I swear to you, Barry Sanders, I, I could put up three, four, five hundred yards rushing with that dude back then. Like on the, I think it was PS1. That dude was an absolute nightmare. I mean, I'd pick Detroit, the juke moves, spin moves, take it to the house every time. And I, I've I was a de- I was on demon time before demon time with Barry Sanders. Like, whew, man. So another another my honorable mention player would be, and I, I think he was at the house when we were playing with this character. Um uh Womack. Remember Womack? Yeah. I, hey yeah. man, that man would pick the Miami Dolphins and run wild with Ricky Williams. Like he would run like a play where you pull the guard and he would have like 70 yard touchdowns like every play. It, that shit was ridiculous like Ricky and, and, and you know if you want his homeboy jerry arizona cardinals david boston too he yeah. he i'm talking about he was because you know david boston he he was on steroids so he was like massively big up top with those small legs and he was fast too them boys just terrorized me with with that combo like I could not stop Ricky Williams to save my life. Yeah, I, I would love to see the Twitter discourse about the 60 pills that David Boston would take today. Like, I would love to see how <laughs> Twitter broke that down. Like, bro, like, you're 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 on the right side. Like, put those pills up. Like, yeah. you, don't, you need to fake this fuck. I just put a needle out from under that box. Yeah. Pills and just go about your life, man. You're eating HGH jelly beans over there. That is, I don't know what kind of vitamins you're eating. That is HGH. But uh, I feel like the only answer and the right answer for the best, most dominant player on Madden is Randy Moss. <laughs> like, Randy Moss on the Vikings with Dante Culpepper, that big-ass arm, like, Randy Moss is out jumping everybody. He's got the speed. Like there was no covering that guy. So for me, it's Randy Moss, and he was he was uncomfortable. Like he was it was it was like him in real life. Like there was no stopping that guy. Yeah, and just to go off the man conversation, uh, Mr. KJ. Uh oh. Look, you may have beaten me once or twice when I probably had not played that game at all. I think when we played, I I think I had played like the year before. However, if you guys go to my Twitter page, I'm going to post the YouTube video that yes. you edited as well of me beating the brakes off you into submission. So go go check that out. 
And, you know, get a quick reminder, you need to respect your OGs. Do not test me. If I want to turn it on and go into beast mode, go into demon time, and really digging that ass, then I can do that at the drop. Pause. <laughs> no pause. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely k- kicking your back in. Like right now, I'm on my Halo grind. You don't want to work in that either. You're putting in work. Gang. But anywho, off video games, if you do play Halo, if you're not a brokey and have an Xbox, definitely DM me and we can we can run some games. But uh, kind of here we go. Another thing that happened, another, you know, unfortunate passing, I guess. Um, Betty White. Right. So on the Internet, if you don't know who Betty White is, uh, she was on a show that I guess people watched called The Golden Girls. I myself have never seen a second of that show, so I can't tell you anything about it. Um, but she passed away at the age of 99 um, after tweeting about her making it to her 100th birthday or something like that. Another surprising and, death. Yes, an untimely death at the age of 99. Um, and like t- Twitter went crazy. Like Twitter went insane. You would have thought that, like, I don't know, like, Michael Jackson died or something like that. Like all the tweets are all Betty White, Betty White this. Oh my God, Betty White. Oh no, you know, she's lived through 17 leap years. She should have made it to her 100th birthday. Oh no, Betty White. We're going to take shots for Betty White on New Year's Eve. Oh no, not Betty White. OMG, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And I'm like, guys, y'all are doing the Twitter thing. Like, I get it. She was like, I'm sure she was a great person, but like, she's she's an old white woman that y'all made a thing on Twitter. Like, I feel like some of you guys probably go harder for Betty White than you do for your own family members, which is very sad. But I know Twitter likes to do the thing where I need to, you know, be the quickest and be the loudest with my condolences for a person that I do not know. And I get it. It's a ploy for we tweets, but it just got really old after a while. Like every other tweet is like fam. Like when people, I'm not saying she didn't matter, right? But like, for example, like Desmond Tutu passed away, right? A lot of people are like, hey, who is Desmond Tutu? And I'm not going to say that I was like historical buff, but I'm aware of him. I'm aware of what he did uh, regarding apartheid in South Africa or whatever. Yeah, I really see none of them tweets, but you know, America only cares about like, you know, celebrities and stuff like that. But it, it's just funny how people really went up for Betty White, and I'm just like, we can see you're faking the funk, but that's that's my perspective. I see the comments going crazy. I'm not being a hater, L. I like it's fucking Betty White. All right, put this in perspective. Oh, I saw a lady tweet out, like, and I'm going to have to do my Googles because I feel like these people shouldn't be in the same category. But they're like, <laughs> Lowski Wild. <laughs> Lowski said the chat, 99 back shots for Betty White, bro. <laughs> wow. I'm going to get at least three days for that. Oh, my God. Uh, so somebody's like, oh, yeah, you know, 2021. 2021 took Cicely Tyson and Betty White. I'm just like, I feel like they shouldn't be in the same conversation. I might be wrong, but I feel like they're not in, in the same conversation. Mind you, Cicely Tyson was also 96 years old. Like, I hate to be this guy, newsflash, old people die. 
That's Another surprising death. That's just how how. That, okay, like, so that's just how that goes. <laughs> this is my thing with it, and, and I'm gonna read this. So, I know a lot of black people. They are talking about the the black tap dancer that she refused to remove from her show back in 1954. And they're saying, you know, you got to think of the times and stuff like that. So a person on this uh, post about that said, who cares? Black people love highlighting when a white person is decent to a black person. This is not a big deal. Next y'all asses is going to want to invite her to the heavenly cookout. She probably knew him staying would cause controversy and equal ratings. I pray to see the day when my people are not moved by so damn little. And now I'm, I'm not saying that to say, I'm not trying to belittle her passing because I know she was a huge star uh, or a big star on a very good show. I would, I've seen it. So it was very funny. I um, even spoke to South Breeze off the record about it. And I said, you know, she was like, Maybe my third favorite character, maybe the fourth of the four girls, maybe three, three or four, something like that. But it, it really is just like Pratt said last last week, like with stuff is just big on Twitter. Like her being alive is like, oh, yeah, well, how long? Oh, well, this year is going to suck if she passes. And how long is she going to make it? And let's make it to this year. and Let's make it to that year when it's like at the end of the day. If you if you're fortunate enough to make it to your you know high 90s, almost 100 years old, you know it's not unexpected. It's not surprising. I mean, you can you can catch a common cold and pass when you're that old. You you die of natural causes. That's what we're here to do. Um, I don't get making the huge deal out of it, and it, it's not really a like I know DMX got got his flowers and stuff like that. That was cool, and it's cool to give her flowers. But I even seen one girl that put on white face and, you know, was walking around and she posted a picture of her and white faces, uh, Betty White. And then I started thinking, well, damn, okay. So the next time a white person goes in blackface, they're going to save this picture and say, well, Hey, don't say this about me when y'all are doing this. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, and I know it ain't, it ain't right, but people will do that. I mean, RIP to her. She's definitely a legend. She deserves her flowers. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, she was ninety nine years old. Like shit, whether she was a hundred or not, like nigga, she was old. It happens. Like that—that's kind of where I was. Uh, I wasn't like trying to be uh, distasteful, but <laughs> when when I realized, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, when I realized, like, that he that she was ninety nine years old, like. I kind of felt like I wasn't at a place to like crack jokes about her dying. Cause it's like, I mean, it wasn't anything malicious, but I guess she, she has her own Twitter <laughs> and she tweeted out like people magazine interviewed her about reaching her hundredth birthday in a few weeks. And I was like, well, missed that track game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she was looking ahead, you know, you got to take it a day at a time. Like I felt like it wasn't, out of line to make uh, jokes about uh, someone passing at that age. And it, I, I didn't feel like it was distasteful or anything, but it's a thing where we're just doing a lot of performative, you know, we're, we're, we're performing on Twitter. We're performing for Twitter for attention because, you know, people are just like, oh, I'm, I'm crying right now. I'm devastated. You know, that's kind of like how when people tweet out LMAO, I'm laughing my ass off and you're actually just laying on the couch, not actually doing anything. I mean, it is what it is. Like, And then, 
you know, I think maybe one person was upset about the the Betty White joke, but it was just like, it is a joke. Like I, I felt like it was in all, it was in good fun. It wasn't anything distasteful, but she's ninety nine years old, and it is, it is funny to have a ninety nine year old. <laughs> yeah, Rev packing my pants. I mean, to, to be fair, Rev. I mean. Marcus tweets me kind of going off. I'm not going to lie. You got to do me like that. I just ain't got no followers. That's it. <laughs> I got some good ass tweets, but I just ain't got no followers. But it's just like, it's all in good. A 99 year old person having a Twitter, like, that's kind of funny. And then tweeting about, like, oh, I can't wait to hit my 100th birthday. Like, nah, you're getting these jokes. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. That, like, old takes exposed got added on that tweet. I was like, yo. <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, yeah, these jokes is going off today, bro. <laughs> like, she's getting these jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I posted the video of uh, Leon Lett from the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> when he got that fumble and he was running towards the end zone, he went to celebrate early, then the Buffalo Bill knocked the ball out of his hand. It said the Buffalo Bill was the Grim Reaper and Bay White was the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i mean it's it's it is what it is like you're on twitter you know what it is like come on Aaron Rodgers with another touch right, and, and to, to piggyback off that i had said something earlier in the week about my homeboy his mom passed away from luke eric's and i said dang i've never met i've never i've never met a black person with luke eric's and somebody tweeted they were like, yeah, I'm sure you haven't. Like, insinuating, yeah, because they're probably dead. And at first I was like, damn, the nerve of this nigga. And then when I thought about it, I'm like, this is Twitter. Like, it's the land of the jokes. If you put something out there, you're going to get packed up by somebody. Like, people can hide behind these keyboards, say whatever they want. People have different styles of humor. Some people like that dark humor. You know, it's and I didn't take it personal. I was like, "Well, shit, you're right." You know, Lou Gehrig's disease, people die. Like, it, it is what it is. You know, and especially with her being like a, a comedy actress, like being in comedy, like I felt like she gets it. It's almost like a roast. If someone did a roast, she's dead, man. How's no, she I mean, not, not right now, but like if someone did a roast of Betty White like five years ago, making jokes like "Can't believe Betty White's still alive" and all this stuff. You know, her. I don't know making old jokes about her it is what it is like it's just it's jokes like if 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 you know god forbid something were to happen to me in a way that happened to be funny like i would understand like like if i slipped on a banana peel and a fucking piano fell on my head from a building i would expect some jokes like at least a joke you know what i'm saying like you know what sometimes, sometimes you gotta this. laugh through that stuff i'm gonna say this and i want south breeze to to hold me to this. If I pass away from a heart attack or cancer, South Breeze, you have my permission to bring up that story about the endless fight. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, I live this life. And I, you know, if y'all don't know the story, this man offered to Look, buy me some. First of all, this story is, is huh? very Go ahead. He he offered to buy me some food from Ruby Tuesdays, <laughs> and it was endless fries. And he said, "You you better you better eat them fries, you know." And I kept plate after plate after plate after plate. So yeah, if I die of a heart attack, 
fuck it. Get the jokes off. You know what I'm saying? Like earlier when I said John Madden was fat. Yeah, you're 85 years old. You're a big guy. Like you're lucky to have made it that far. It's it's life. Like some of the stuff is meant to be funny. Some of the stuff, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Like at the end of the day, it's Twitter, and you have to understand the way Twitter operates. Like if you if anybody passes, somebody's getting them jokes, no matter what. And then that's kind of that, that's kind of what you would want out of out of life or out of at your passing or at a funeral. Like I've been to. I think I've been to less than three funerals. Like I, I just don't like going to them. They're not fun. I don't enjoy them. I don't understand them because it's they're always so down and negative and morbid. But it's just like, don't you want to go and celebrate that person's life and have a good time? Like if 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 I pass and you know, to make my passing go smoother for people is having someone come up there and tell some jokes at my expense. By all means go for because sometimes that's what you need i would rather my family be at my funeral laughing than just sitting there crying looking at each other like let's let's have a good time let's try to turn this into something better like try to turn those like let's let's turn let's get some tears from laughing too hard like and that maybe that's just me maybe it's my sense of humor maybe it's a dark humor i don't i don't really see it that way but i would prefer like I, I'm going to have like a funeral playlist. I'm you're not wearing black to my funeral. You know, like there's gonna be edibles at the front if you want to take one. Like we're not we're not doing this down in the dumps, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's dead. Blah blah come say some nice words. Like, nah, turn let's turn up, let's have a good time, get some jokes off, tell some funny stories. If it happens to be at my expense, so be it. But like, who wants to be down all the time? Like, chill. I remember when my great grandmother died. You know, it was super sad. And I I did something and it wasn't even a real joke like <laughs> I said something my cousin is gay and he hadn't yet to come out of the closet and I came up to him and I was like, "Yeah, man, you was rocking that pink shirt." And I did it being harmless. I didn't think nothing of it. And my dad and my cousin she like poked my dad like like with the elbow and my dad exploded in <laughs> laughter for no apparent reason. And then everybody started laughing. And I know my cousin, when my dad died, was probably like, that's what that nigga get. Cause because you know, it, it was just a funny thing. I, I, I swear to God, my cousin hated my dad for that, just because he was laughing so hard because it was it was like 08. So it was a gay dude wearing a pink shirt. And I said, Hey, you rocking that pink shirt. And they, you know, everybody took it as some sort of a joke because he's gay. And so everybody laughed at him when we were at the funeral, which was ridiculous. But I'm pretty sure that that dude was probably like, you know what? Rest in piss, Adolphus. Like, that's what you get. But, I mean, hey, it, it lightened the mood up. Like, everybody was was down. They were, they were somber. And it was like, I, I said something not being, you know, I wasn't even joking. I didn't even think they heard it. And it just, it lifted everybody's spirit up. Like, even people were talking about how mean and how, you know, shit make you pick your own switches, shit whoop you with whatever you can find and stuff like that. And we were laughing about these types of things because she was kind of like, what well, we call her mama dear, but she was actually like Madea, that type of real ghetto style great grandmother. And, you know, we were laughing about these things. We were having a good time. We were letting them jokes fly, even though she wasn't there. 
you know, I'm sure she would have appreciated that. Like at the end of the day, life is always so serious. You got people dying all the time. You got people catching COVID, catching all sorts of diseases. Lighten up. You know, it's, it's Twitter. Ha- have some fun, you know. That is true. <clears throat> life life is too short to be uptight at all times, you know. This this podcast is a great example. We have a good balance, but, you know, we try to be, <laughs> Sometimes we, we get a little serious, but, you know, it is what it is. And, and to continue the jokes and keep it light but heavy, uh, shout to Jada Kiss. <sighs> Antonio Brown. Uh, so for the non-football watching part of uh, Twitter and YouTube and whoever consumes this podcast, we appreciate that. Subscribe, do all that good stuff. But Antonio Brown, a former wide receiver for the <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers as of today, his, his uh, time with the team was over. Um, for And I, again, I need to know the reasons. I, I don't know what was going on, but I'm sure you're going to see the memes. If you just watch like the regular news, like Good Morning America, it's going to come across your TV. Um, just because it's just like a very ridiculous story. But like in the middle of the game, he pulled off his pads and went to the end zone of the opposing team who was playing the Jets and started giving thumbs up and waving. It looked like he was doing like jumping jacks and just left the stadium. <laughs> Caught an Uber. <laughs> no, he was in the Uber cutting promos. Like cutting promos quarter. in the Uber. The second quarter of a professional football game, this man said, "All right, man, I'm out, dog." Like, and they won the game without him too, which is which is insane. Like, because he was one of their better players, but um, Twitter had a, a field day with that. There was a lot of uh, a lot of memes, a lot of Photoshop. I'm actually going to probably put two pictures in the chat that I'm going to see who what we should use for the. Uh, for the cover art, but uh, yeah, they was going ham about this. And of course, you know, uh, again, like Marx was saying, theater, Twitter, and, you know, think piece Twitter, they they went crazy about it. And there's a lot of angles. I mean, I made a joke that was a bit tasteless, but it's probably true, saying that like the scientists are going to go crazy when they study his brain for CTE, because that man really seriously might have a problem. Like, I don't know if you saw the hit. He used to play for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And in a playoff game against the Bengals, he took a very nasty, very illegal hit for Vontez Burflick, who was known for making illegal hits on players. And, yeah, man, he he might have the – somebody tweeted out his CT might be what shuts down the NFL <laughs> for whatever they find out from his brain. Like – and I get it, like, it, it's just, it was just a spectacle. Like, nothing like that has ever happened. Like, it was the equivalent of, like, somebody running on the field butt-ass naked. And, like, it was the equivalent of, of two people running to the field butt-naked and having sex. Like, that was probably, like, how wild that was. It's like, what is going on? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And like Marcus said, he's in the Uber cutting promos. He's fully dressed. He just left. He's I think like, he dropped a rap song also. <laughs> like, there's a song on his Twitter now. Like, he's just like, he, whatever. Like, he's just doing whatever he wants at this point now. And and I, I was thinking about it. Like, people are making a very, very big deal about this Antonio Brown thing. <laughs> as far as him leaving the game, like, taking his pa- pads off on the sideline, taking his shirt off, trying to pump up the away team as he leaves the stadium, like, 
he just walked off on his job. And Vontae Davis did this previously, but we just didn't see it. Like he left, he retired at halftime of a game. It just was like, I'm, I'm done. He just retired. I'm, I'm not playing anymore. So this isn't something we haven't seen. It's just that this time we actually saw it. And it's somebody that uh, that has like a history of doing these other things, these outlandish things. So we just add that to the list of, of activities that a- Antonio Brown has done. But it's just like the dude left. He walked off on the job. Like I walked off on McDonald's. I used to work at McDonald's and – in the middle of my shift, I just left. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. We, I feel like a lot of people have stories where they're just like, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not coming back to work. And that's what happened with Antonio Brown. I think, like, it happens. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I'll be sending y'all this picture. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet it out from my Twitter page. But you know what? Somebody had a good point. This might have nothing to do with. Oh my, this is the cover art. This is the cover art for the podcast. So I actually seen it late, and um, the homie Lamont sent me the picture. And like, I was at work, so I wasn't paying attention. I thought it was somebody naked that had ran on the field. Like, I was like, what the heck? And he was like, yeah, you seen this? And um, it was after you guys were talking about it. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And then once I kind of got into this, <laughs> I want to know what happened on the play before because he only needed like five catches and he was going to get $333,000, another 50 or 60 yards. And he get another $333,000. And he just said, forget it. Like, I don't care. He quit. <laughs> off. You know, like you said, he's doing jumping jacks or something, getting the crowd hyped. It's just being fully dressed. He tweets out. He's a super gremlin while he's waiting for his Uber. And then like you said, rap promos, uh, a song comes out like I'm like I don't know what's going on. By the time I get off work, like I'm like, what happened to Antonio Brown? But side note, Jaguars make that phone call. You know I don't care how crazy Looney Tunes. I'm saying, hey, same thing. Indy, whatever, whatever crimes he wants to commit, if he wants to fake COVID, whatever the case may be, you can come on to Jacksonville. It's right up the road, baby. Yeah, we could definitely use him for a playoff push. We just need it for like two or three games to just keep it together for two or three. He ain't even got to stay in Indy. No, don't little. use this one, bro. Use the gold <laughs> mustache, bro. The Coke stash. That man was like 29, looking like he was 80, 82 years old with that gold mustache. Yeah, that's so nasty. That's so nasty. (laughs) (laughs) That man has a hey, man. All right, man. We done this. This has been derailed, Uh, but that's probably gonna win out for the picture. But I'm I'm gonna look for the other one I want to put out for the cover art. But I'm pretty sure that's gonna win out. But I mean, I hope he's okay. And 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 let's be real. Shout out to Antonio Brown for having it like that because. Marcus said, like, yo, he quit his job at McDonald's. Like, McDonald's was paying him millions of dollars. Hell like, no. I'm sure Antonio Brown is going to go home, and his life is probably not going to change that much. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's if, if he was even a little bit smart with his money, he should never have to work another day in his life. And somebody made a bold prediction, which, again, is another uh, a revenue income for him. They said they predict that he will probably fight one of the Paul brothers at some point this Good year. God. I'm like, it's gonna happen. <laughs> no, he will and- be on some sort of celebrity boxing match, 
it makes too much sense. There's so much attention surrounding his antics. And I don't really subscribe or pay attention to those type of fights, but like I would probably tune in to watch Antonio Brown get beat up by one of the Pauls. Yeah, he's gonna get his ass whooped on that one. But yeah, when I quit McDonald's, I took so many double cheeseburgers with me. I just grabbed like three bags and just filled it all the way up, and I was like, I'm out of here. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, Antonio Brown's Hall of Fame speech and where he explains like what happened because this guy, if you just go by the numbers. This man is going into the Hall of Fame. Like, he's a Hall of Fame player, and he has a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> like, this isn't the last we've seen him. Like, his career might be over, but uh, we're going to see him again in about six or seven years in Canton, Ohio, where he's uh, giving a Hall of Fame speech. Like, he's that good. He's He was that good or that great of a wide receiver. He's, like, he's probably a top 10 wide receiver ever. Yeah, easily. So... <laughs> And if he hadn't got kind of off track with the with the whole Oakland deal and then whatever was going on with that baby mama and stuff like that, he he probably would have been top six, top seven. Um, when I quit Burger King, and this is some foul shit, so don't ever do this. Me and my homeboy Matt on our last day, we were like, it, it was this dude, I think his name, his name may have been like Jared or something. Like this was his white dude. He was a real dick. And we knew he had like Front like he had he was on front counter, so he had to do all the the bathrooms, uh, clean the 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 de- I mean the clean the dining room, all that stuff. So we were like, we're gonna get this MF. So we proceeded on our final day in the middle. They go in the bathroom and piss everywhere, all on the walls, on the seats, on the floor. It looked like it was flooded with pee. And told him, and he had to clean it up. I never laughed so hard in my life. And I walked out. I didn't care if he knew or not. We It was our way of saying, hey, F you one last time. We know you got to clean this stuff. He went in there. He was like, oh, my God. It smells like ammonia in here with the water hose and everything. I quit like a true savage. And I've done that several times. Like, when I'm fed up with a job, hey, whatever, man. I don't care. I'm out of here. So I, I would be curious for y'all in the chat and even you guys listening, send us like, how did you quit your job or like what job did you quit and how did you quit it in the most epic fashion? I, I would love to hear uh, your stories. Actually, whoever has the best story is going to win uh, $50 courtesy of KTSD app. So tell us your story of how you quit your job and we will read the best one on the next episode of the podcast. And you will win uh, some blessings for 2022 that might get you, like, a little bit of gas, depending on where you live on. So definitely send us those. I mean, everybody – I feel like everybody's probably quit at least one time. I actually had a small stint at McDonald's. I've probably talked about it on the podcast. I think I worked at McDonald's for five hours, and I quit. I was actually using McDonald's as leverage to get more money at Zaxby's, which was right across the street. Like, I didn't even turn my uniform in. I didn't even pick my check. I just left. I took a McFlurry and some chicken nuggets and never returned. So Fuck I did the same thing as Axby's. Like I was uh hired at Axby's. I worked there for one hour and quit. I used it Did as I leverage. Job? No, I was there before you. I was there when they first opened. Man, I'll try to get there when they first opened. Them racist asshole white ladies they ain't want to hire me, but you know, it is what it is. I'm pretty sure they're racist. I'm, I'm not sure they were. But they, yeah, I think because I got hired by one, and I definitely got Trump vibes from her even back then. So, yeah. <laughs> Losey said, I, "Look, I wasn't afraid of the grind. I was, I was using, 
I was using McDonald's as leverage. I actually went up to Zaxby's in my McDonald's uniform. Like, yeah, what's happening? Like, what's good? What's up with that? What's up with that 25 cent raise y'all owe me? Hey, like, Sham, you know, aka Craig from Friday in the chat, got fired on a day off. <laughs> so, I could, so I could be making 545 or whatever they was paying me back in the day. Like, I was really beasting out over a, a minimal raise, which is very, very sad. So. <laughs> And another thing, I remember when I quit this job, ADT, I actually, like, all my two weeks, I reworked, the, I rewrote the deuces with Chris Brown. And I was like, I'm on some new shit. I'm chucking my deuces up to y'all. Now, you know, I like kind of remixed it into my own and then gave it to the manager and walked out. So that was another way that I did that. And thankfully, I never had to go back to that rad shit ass job. But yeah. Okay, Rev, Rev out here. Uh, you know, she says she uh she's a walking Arby's because she got the meats, so that's why they don't they don't fire her. So shout 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 to Rev, shout to Rev. Um, definitely follow her on IG. Oh man, this podcast has been derailed, derailed. But actually, just to wrap up sports, one more thing that we want to discuss, and it's like always the topic of conversation. Uh, as far as like the conversation of college athletes being paid, um, I know Marcus wants to talk about this a little bit, but long and short is if you don't think college athletes should be paid, then either A, you're salty because you were never good at sports and you're a wild hater, or B, you might have you might have a little twang of racism in you. It's got to be one of the two because there's no way these guys go out of here and make billions of dollars for these schools. And that a education is their payment. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no way. And I know they're like, oh, well, you made this choice, yada, yada, yada. That, that's fine and dandy. But there's no way these kids are getting, for the most part, top flight education when they have to be at practice like 10 times a day. While not getting any food, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No way to support themselves, eating chicken nuggets and shit entertaining you and giving you guys like probably some of the best memories of your your college career and your college time while they're out there you know giving blood sweat and tears to, to maybe make it to the nfl while not getting the same opportunity educational wise as far as the ability to study and you know really lock into that stuff so uh yeah a lot of uh, commentators were putting their foots feet in their mouths yeah so kirk herbstreet kind of went on a little bit of a rant him and uh the guys on the college game day said they were talking about uh, one of the bowl games, like a couple of players, and I listened to that Antonio Brown song. That song is trash. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, they were talking about how, like, there's a couple of players that were sitting out some of these bowl games because they weren't uh, playing in the college playoffs, and they were sitting out because they were preparing for the NFL draft. And Kirk Herbstreit was pretty much implying that they don't love football because it's like, why don't you go out there and compete with your team? Um, just because you're not playing for a championship doesn't mean you can't go out there and play, yada, yada, yada. And for the record, Kirk Herbstreet makes $2 million a year at his job. Uh, the the bowl game they were talking about was like the All-State Sugar Bowl. Uh, we we see all the All-State commercials. We know they got the bag. You know what I'm saying? They're making a lot of money. There's a lot of sponsors, a lot of commercials. A lot of people are making money on this All-State Sugar Bowl. There's a lot of people making money talking about the All-State all state Sugar Bowl, coaches are making a lot of money coaching the All-State Sugar Bowl if they decide to stay because 
there are a lot of coaches that don't coach the sugar, but that don't coach their bowl games to leave for other jobs. If you look at the uh, former coach of uh, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, <clears throat> he didn't coach Notre Dame in their bowl game because he, he has another job for more money somewhere else. But no one's saying that. No one is questioning his love for football. Meanwhile, Brian Kelly is making tens of millions of dollars per year. And it's just like, I don't care. If if there's any situation where someone can make money that's not making money, I don't care what it has, what you have to do to get that money, especially these college athletes. Because a lot of people think that, and I, I've said this a million times, I'm going to keep saying that, a lot of these people think that these college athletes are trying to get this money for themselves. Like they sign, like when, you know, essentially taking money was illegal, they thought they were just doing it so, you know, these kids could have, you know, Cadillacs in the yard and buy jewelry and all this stuff. There's a lot of kids that take these money, take this money from boosters to send back home so their mom can keep the lights on. So they're, you know, so their dad, when he's, you know, missing work at the fucking factory, you know, he can he can miss a few days, you know, because he, he doesn't have to worry about a paycheck if he gets hurt. Stuff like that. Like a lot of these kids are are, are the the rock that holds their family together. And they need some of this money, so I'm 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 never gonna shit on any any amateur that is protecting their investment because that's what their bodies are. Their body is an investment, you know. Uh, Jamar Chase, he sat out an entire season of college football at last year. He played for uh, LSU, and he was just like, you know what, my draft status is as high as it's gonna be. There's no reason for me to go out there and risk my body and my livelihood. For what? For who? At this point, it's about me. I don't know if he has kids. I don't know what his family situation is, but he just broke the rookie uh, receiving yards uh, record for a rookie. Like, he's fine with missing college football. He also has 10 touchdowns. Shout out to Kyle Pitts. Yeah, like he's out here dominating. And it helps that he took it, like, and, and what really pissed me off, let me pull the guy's name up, because I was watching the game when it happened. Matt Corral? Uh, who? Are you talking about Matt Corral, the guy that got it, the quarterback for Ole Miss? Yeah, 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 the Ole Miss quarterback. So I looked it up. I saw that he got hurt, and I'm like, you know what? Let me see if he's, you know, anybody worth a note. If you look in mock drafts, he was a top 10 player, like a top 10 pick. I think he was scheduled to go, or he was mocked to go to Washington. So it's like, yo, this guy was a top 10 prospect. That man was going to have guaranteed, like, a $10, $15 million a year contract going into the NFL. But now that's probably at risk because I, what he tore his ACL, what happened to him? Or tore that knee or something. Up. Yeah, so he, but he injured himself pretty significantly. And teams are going to look at it. They're not going to be like, when it comes to drafting him, at say, say Washington's on the clock and they see him sitting there and he has a messed up knee. They're not going to look at him and be like, well, you know what? He went out there and competed because he loves the game. Because they because lo he loves the game that much, they're going to be like, "No, we can't take him. We need to take someone that we know that's going to be here day one." This is an investment. We're trying to keep our jobs. We're trying to protect our money and do good at our jobs. So we can't risk uh, taking a player that got injured in a bowl game. Like we're not going to do it. And he's not like some quarterback that was like going crazy. He wasn't having like a Cam Newton. Andrew Luck, RG3 type season. He was just a, you know, running the middle. Like one of the quarterbacks got to get picked. So why not it be him? But they're not going to risk their livelihood on that kid. But he risked his livelihood 
for what? You know, he was a top one or two round guy. Yeah. No, he was a top. He was in the top ten. So it's just like, and this is not me. Like, I'm not going to shit on the kids that actually do play. If you want to play, go out there and play. I have, I, I'm for the kids making the decision on their own. If you can sit out a whole year, sit out the year. If you want to play in the bowl games, play in the bowl games. If you don't want to play in the bowl games, don't play in the bowl games. You want to take money. You want to go to the transfer portal to get more money or to get more cars or to get a better deal. Go out there and do it because everybody else is making money. There's so much money being made off the backs of these unpaid players, and they deserve a piece of that pie. And I'm not talking about players getting paid for showing up to car dealerships or getting sponsorships. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being on the NCAA payroll. They should be paid just like how Nick Saban's contract is negotiated. It should be the same for the players. Like, they're not – yeah, if you want to go to school, get an education, cool. But at some point, when you realize, like, hey, I'm about to be that guy, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, let's stop fooling yourself. Stop, you're, you're fooling yourself. Like, come on, hang it up. So I always go back to this because this is the one player that I remember in, like, during our time in recent memory, and he did end up with a significant injury. Jake Butt was a first round talent tight end out of Michigan. Played in their bowl game, which was not for a title, not in the college football playoffs. It was a meaningless bowl game. Tore his ACL. Tried to rush to come back. He was drafted. I think he went from in the first round, picked either a third or fourth or maybe later for Denver. Rushed to come back. Tore his ACL again. 2021, he retired. He I don't even think he ever really played a game in the NFL. He retired because nobody else wanted him at that point because – he, he tore his ACLs to shits. And it's like, he didn't even make enough money to cover. Um, Cause you know, how you could buy the insurance. Like if you get hurt, so you'll get like a settlement, an injury settlement. And so he actually was paid. I want to say it was like $5 million from that. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, as a first round pick, he probably would have been, you know, like you said, 10, 15, maybe even $20 million. If he never tore it, maybe even more, maybe he had a long career in the NFL or even um, what was the player for South Carolina? They had a super oh, dynamic. Yeah, player. yeah, I remember. I hate. I hate what happened to him. I can't remember. Yeah, his he tore a kneecap off the bone. I can't even. Remember. Was it Marquise Lattimore or Marcus? Marcus Lattimore. Lattimore. Yeah, Marcus yeah. Lattimore. That was. That was I mean, so that wasn't in a, in a bowl game, but you injure yourself while playing for free. And I mean, luckily back. he was drafted, but you you don't get anything. He was drafted later on when he was for sure going to be a top six to seven pick at least. I mean, you, you risk your life, your health, your mental stability because we know you know all about now with with CTE and stuff like that. A lot of these people they've been playing since they were you know um, grade school age, some even kindergarten age. So you're risking everything just to get almost to the pinnacle and then be criticized because you don't want to do the attaboy for free. Okay. Well, I seen somebody post this and they were like, you know what? Well, ESPN should just, they, they shouldn't accept any broadcast dollars since we're doing it for the love of the game. Like don't accept no broadcasting dollars. Uh, the announcers, the camera crew, the coaches, everybody should not accept anything and just do it for the love of the game. Like the players do. Well, you're doing, you're, it's for the educate. It's for your education. That's why you're here. Not like if a, if a player was like, hey, if the quarterback, say, you know, uh, Bryce Young, 
quarterback for Alabama. If he's like, hey, man, I'm studying to be an architect and we're going on this trip to where, where are some of the, you know, the best buildings, most creative buildings ever made at probably like New York City. He's like, hey, you know, my class, we're going on this trip to, you know, study these uh, buildings and to learn about architect or whatever. Like, I don't understand it, but whatever. And I'm going to I'm going to miss this bowl. I'm going to miss the championship game. You think people are going to be like, well, he's out there getting his education, doing the right thing. Or are they going to be pissed off that he's missing a football game because they value that more? Like, watch watch these football documentaries. Like, watch uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. Watch uh, any of the things. Uh, I think there's another one on HBO or something like that. Or listen to uh, football commentators, like former football players that talk about their college experience. I think it's uh, Dominique Foxworth. Foxworth, he was saying that uh, a couple of uh, his teammates weren't allowed to major in certain uh, classes because it interfered with their football schedule. So that's why they're always taking like, uh, you know, general science or physical education or whatever. Like they're not getting real educations. They're just getting an education that fits their football schedule. That's all it is. And I looked it up. Marcus Lattimore got drafted in the fourth round. Like he went from a first round guaranteed player, came back to college, tore his knee up, and then got drafted in the fourth round. Like that's 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 millions, like tens of millions of dollars. Like I that one, that's like one of the saddest stories in the NFL. And and another something that gets me upset is when they uh play the video of uh, Byron Lefwich when he was in college, like hobbling down the field, getting carried by his teammates on like a torn ACL or whatever was wrong with his knee. And it's just like, yeah, it is brave. That's a warrior mentality. Yeah, that's good for his teammates. And it's going to, you know, you know, uh, motivate his players and the teammates team around him. But he was a NFL prospect. Like, did he still get drafted in the first round? Yeah, we picked number seven. Okay, so he's so he didn't lose out on anything, but like that's you're putting a lot at risk. You're putting your future at risk, and you're putting your family at risk. If that's if that's my kid, I am coming out of the stands and dragging you off of that field. If you're coaching Stone, it happened with Justin Fields against uh, Clemson. He took a rib shot, and the coach was like, "Yeah, he he's gonna play." They didn't even evaluate him. They didn't even look at him. They were going in halftime. He had a broken rib or something. And the coach was just like, yeah, he's going to play. Didn't even didn't even check with the medical staff. None of that. If I'm his dad, no, you're coming off the field. Like, I'm, if my kid happens to be – if any of my kids happen to be good at anything that can be monetized, I'm going to push them in that, in that direction if they love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm not trying to be like Joe Jackson, but if, if it turns out that my kid is, like, good at Fortnite and he can make some money, uh, guess who's going to be doing his homework? Me. Because you're gonna get that Fortnite money, bro. <laughs> like it is I what it is. It. I respect. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're if you're if you're a prospect in in, in the NFL or the NBA, we're gonna do everything we can to get you to that point. Whether it be that, or even if it's like acting or singing, anything. Like Dwayne Wade did that for his kid. He went. He skipped college, and he's on the Utah Jazz G League team because Dwayne Wade is part owner of the Utah Jazz. So guess what? My kid is on this team now, and what are you going to do about it? He's good enough to be there. Yeah, he's good. But if, but if I wasn't here, if I wasn't Dwayne Wade, it would be a lot harder for him to get here. But because I'm here, I'm going to use my privilege as I should, 
and bring him here. Because, I mean, people do that all the time. So I feel like black people should do that more. Like, I feel like John David Washington should have did that a lot more. <laughs> Instead of going through the struggle. Drop Denzel's name, bro. Just drop it. <laughs> yeah, you know who my dad is. Yes. Black people need to do that more. Do you know who my dad is? Like, if you can do it, do it. Big facts. Big facts. So, yeah, just, again, that's just my analysis. If you don't believe the payer should – and, like, the NIL doesn't count as getting paid. Like, no, that's no, just no. a loophole for the NCAA to, to still, you know, uh, not do what they're supposed to do or handle the responsibility of giving a small percentage of the billions with a B – billions of dollars that they make to these players and like who you know you know if i had to go old dr umar on, on the situation i mean why why don't you want to keep why, why do you want to keep these black brothers broke you know what i'm saying like what what are you afraid of giving these young black men some money and i get i know there's some white dudes out here getting money too but it's a majority of you know the ncaa and the nfl is built on the black backs of black players black athletes so like why not pay them? Like, are you afraid that we might actually, you know, hey, change things in society, do better Power. for our families, buy houses, buy properties, do things of that nature instead of, you know, continue? Like, I, if I want to open my third eye even more, I think the fear is, is that, hey, if you give these black players some money, that, you know what, we're going to now start having generational wealth. We're going to be able to do like Marcus say, Marcus said, like, yo, you know, who my dad is to do other things besides get CTE like Antonio Brown and play for sports. And when that happens now, they don't have these black backs to make billions of dollars off. So that that's my third eye. It's open. You see, it's the lightest. I, I just want to tie one thing around to the Antonio Brown situation, because what I'm reading now is that he got upset because he felt like after his one or two catches, they were shutting him out of the rest of the offensive playbook to avoid paying him uh, that bonus money. And that's what he got upset with. So we'll see. You know, the end of the day. There might be some truth to that because, like, I don't know if it was uh, legit, but somebody posted, like, a play before the play. He kind of went off and he cooked whoever he he was running up against and got a, a kind of a big reception. I'm like, if that is kind of what happened, that is because they said that they did that to Vincent Jackson as well. Like they had did something to ensure that he wasn't going to get a bonus at one point. So we'll 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 keep you posted on that as as more details come out on that. Well, and, and if that is true, the easy story is going to be that Antonio Antonio Brown is crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's the easy story. But if that that is true. It's going to be hard to prove. You know what I'm saying? Because the game still went on. They still threw the ball. But I mean. It's it's probably could be plausible, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, that that's that's interesting. That is very interesting. But uh, cool cool story. What else? What else we got? Do we want to do car? Hmm. Do we want to talk about Cardi B? Do we care? Do the people in the chat care about Cardi B? Right. Yeah, you do can we... ask them. I'm, I'm good either way on that one. Well, what does she do now? Well, I know she hasn't dropped any music. Yeah, so I was about to say, I can tell you what she hasn't done. Yeah, <laughs> tell so what I'm she's not, not doing. I'm not really. I'm not which talking. is which is insane that she won a Grammy and she could she could retire from music right now, and specifically the uh, state of female rap would be just fine. 
Like, I'm not saying they wouldn't miss her for a time, but the ball would keep rolling. Things would keep moving. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't 2012 where it's like Nicki Minaj retired, like they ain't no one else coming up behind her. All the BBL investment. Okay. okay, so let's let's uh let's let's find that that tweet real quick because <clears throat> I, I think it's I think it's a little bit interesting. I mean, it's smart. I, I honestly don't know why people. I don't. I know Cardi B is entertaining, but like that's people really be taking her seriously. So she tweeted yeah, get out the most dangerous surgery that there is, just about cosmetically. Yeah, some lady tweeted. Some lady, some lady on Twitter tweeted, "Tweet before BBL," and then Cardi B replied, "Nope, I think BBL before teeth. Uh, Negroes trick on a girl with a body and a gap before they do with a bitch with a nice smile. Your BBL is your investment for your teeth. Plus, BBL six thousand to fifteen thousand dollars, which is weird. She put the dollar sign behind the money, but that's you know, it is what it is." Um, good, good veneers, twenty to fifty thousand dollars. God damn, I got into the wrong profession. I should have been a fucking dentist. Fifty racks for fake teeth for the good ones. I don't like honestly, and I'm curious, you guys on Twitter, YouTube, and the chats. Like, what are your thoughts on veneers? Because they they look very scary to me. <laughs> like, they look very like unnatural. <laughs> If you get the if you get the fifty thousand dollar ones, you straight. If you get no, the, no, even rich people's veneers, they just like, bro. I know your teeth are fake. Like your teeth should not look that immaculate. It's not possible. Yeah, they look like uh, pieces of Trident bubblegum. Like I see yeah, that. Like, <laughs> like, bro. Like, <laughs> nah, but like I, I I understand what Cardi B is saying because Cardi B did the same thing. I I remember uh, when she was talking about her come up when she was a dancer that all the girls would. Fake butts got more attention than her in the in the clubs, and she was, uh, I guess, she was just as good a talker, and that's really what matters in in the strip clubs, I guess. But uh, she was a good talker, but she didn't have the body, and she was like, "If I can get the body to go with my talk game, then I'm good. Like I'm, I, I can come up, I can do better, I can get more money. Like fixing your teeth as a dancer, I mean." It ain't gonna help if you ain't got no ass. I'm sorry. Like it is what it is. Like you might be nice to talk to, but I ain't going to the like people go to the strip clubs to talk to the dancers. I'm not gonna act like people don't do that. But the main thing they go to the strip club is look at that ass. If that ass ain't there, they're not throwing no money for conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll take the conversation if you got that ass to go with it. So it's like, hey, if you want to. If you're looking for someone to trick off on you, spend some money on you, the best and the fastest way to do that is through the ass. Like niggas be horny. I'm like if women women could make so much money just off of that. If you go through all the reasons why or what makes men horny, women could make money off of that. Whether it be having a nice ass or breast implants or certain types of clothing or selling pictures of their feet selling their underwear, you know, uh, getting on camera, doing makeup in front. Like, it, there's a million things that women could do to get men to spend money on them simply off the fact that niggas be horny. So BBL or teeth, if you want to make money, BBL. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's – I don't even know how that's even a conversation. Like, Cardi B did it. She got a, she got a fake ass. And then once she started getting money – did she fix her teeth? 
Got a bag and fix my teeth. Like it happens. Well, yeah, but it's it's easier said than done. Like I feel like BBLs are the equivalent of babies on Twitter, right? Follow me. Follow the logic. Let's go down I'm the following. I'm following. So anytime on social media you see babies, it's always baby fever. Babies are so cute. Like, oh, look, I got my baby this matching outfit. Oh, look, I got my baby these J's. They're going to outgrow in like 35 seconds. Oh, my baby is so beautiful. My baby's so cute. Yada, 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 yada. But there's the other side of the coin where your baby has explosive diarrhea or your baby has a full pamper or your baby just attempted to kill themselves by drinking the most toxic poisons under your, your sink, right? Like, it's not all there looks to be. So, same with BBLs. You only see the... Well, now you're starting to see some of the <laughs> pictures. But, like, BBLs are very dangerous and they're expensive. And some people are so desperate to get that look that they're, you know, shorting themselves and going to uncertified people to get these BBLs and in, injuring themselves. So, that's kind of my take on that. I think Cardi B has said that also, like, she got her BBL in a very uh, sketchy place. Like it wasn't the uh, the best place she should have done. And I'm I'm a big advocate of like go to the best person that you can afford. You know what I'm saying? Like don't go to these shady places. Don't do it in a in a fucking Motel Six bathroom or whatever. And and I, I've seen a couple of pictures on uh, like post op and they like there's a I believe it, on TikTok there's a woman that's kind of um, chronicling her journey post uh surgery it looks terrible like people forget it's like a major surgery and she's not it's she's not enjoying it like things are not great for her i mean obviously i think it'll i'm sure it'll be worth it at the end but there's a long recovery process you know and i mean obviously i don't know it's safer and easier obviously to get your teeth done but in the concept context of this conversation as far as like hey you're trying to come up on some bread. The fastest way to do it is to get that BBL, man. I'm telling you, so much easier. Or, or breast implants, either one, over your teeth. Like, get that money. I'm trying to find. It's a girl I follow that she already had. She was already thick, and she went and got it done. And now she's just super nice. Like, whoa, unbelievable nice. And I mean, hey, if you if you got it, do what you want to do at the end of the day. It ain't none of my business. I don't care. Um, but the thing that from the people that I loosely know personal, like make sure you can afford all the upkeep afterwards. Because yes. I heard that's the biggest issue. And you do have to realize this is a major surgery. You can die from this. You know, it's going to be like you can't even sit down on your way back home. You can't even sit down in an Uber like major. Wasn't there a a service like a guy who was like he had a van that he was transporting people because they had Mm -hmm. to. You can't sit down. So he just had a van where he took out the third row and just had people laying back in the back seat and taking them places like Specifically for people who got BBL procedures. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what um, I've seen that too. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, and I, I tell people this all the time, you know, a lot of us are now getting this money. We're saving money. We're, we're doing what we got to do. 
And if you feel like you need to enhance your beauty or if it's something that's going to enhance your self-confidence, I'm all for it. You know, if you feel like, but I'm going to say this now, if your teeth are jacked up, that like I'm more of a face guy and breast. Um, if your teeth are jacked up like mine, uh, I'm definitely looking first. You know what I'm saying? You know, a butt's right. a butt at the end of the day. The team nah, well, hold on a second. At some point, we're, we're gonna get it. We're gonna have to get Lowski banned from the chat with, with what he's saying. He's trying to push <laughs> some said. agenda. He said, "Ass size and shape not all that important." Are you crazy? Ass size and shape—it's <laughs> it's a little bit higher up, but that's that's oh. insanity. There's no way you can say a woman's ass shape and size is not important. Like if if she ain't got no okay, I'm not trying to body shame nobody. I'm not trying to body shame anybody that ain't, that's kind of you know got the Taylor Swift back there. But if you ain't got no yeeks, man, that should make a difference, dog. I'm sorry. I, I seen a woman today, a Spanish woman, and she had on a red jumper and. She walked in the store. I don't know if she even had drawers on. I swear to God. She might have had a BBL. She might have been natural. Every man I'm talking, did the did the bill Cosby real quick. <laughs> quick turn on. God dang, you can even see him. And it's like it's like guys, they would like come up to me and they'd be like, damn, you seen that? Like staring and all that. It it, it makes a difference. It it Let's not cap. Like it, yeah, God, I, was, I don't I, know what it is about it, but we do look like. Yeah, I'm more of a titty size. Don't matter. <laughs> that shit don't matter. I at like all. those two. I mean, they're fine, but if we if you got to pick one, I, I can't believe we've gone down this road. Yeah, this is this crypto <laughs> podcast and all the Christian. I know one of our um, one of our old followers that I'm used to listen had actually gave me some breast milk. And I keep saying that. I brought it up several times. Have you? If you've never had it, that shit is delicious. Fam, I don't drink it, cow milk. I'm not drinking no This is this milk. is look, it's liquid hey, gold. Hey man. I'm not I'm not saying I asked for it, but it did happen to me. Like I got uh slipped some breast milk. Tastes great. Tastes great, not gonna lie. I was like, this is <laughs> great. I was like, yo, I was like, what is that? hey man. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, health benefits to drinking uh, breast milk. That's why that's why it's recommended for babies. Like it is what it is, man. Like mess with, mess with, if you're someone that has kids and had a <laughs> and had your significant oh, other uh, <laughs> had your significant other like pumping breast milk or whatever, have, have a. I feel like every man or husband or boyfriend has a story where there was like an instant where you uh, messed up some breast milk or, you know, spilled breast milk, your woman will lose her shit on you because of how valuable that is happening. I almost got my head ripped off because like, I, <laughs> I put a bag, I, I heated up a bag too early and then I didn't use it. I tried to put it back in the refrigerator and apparently that makes it bad. She almost, she almost ripped my head off because of how like valuable that stuff is. Like people, I can't believe we're talking about breast milk. Like, People will use like their un un breast milk that they're not going to use anymore, and make soap out of it. They recommend you do that. You use your breast milk as soap, and you wash the baby. Like it's it's crazy, man. The body is ridiculous. Yeah, I'd be on the dark web looking up prices. Hey, chill out, man. <laughs> you ain't even, you, 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 you even got to go to the ninety nine ounce baby. 
<laughs> I was about to say, you ain't even got to go to the dark web. They got this shit on Facebook Marketplace, dog. <laughs> they they, they been selling that shit. What is man? going on? <laughs> People selling <laughs> liquid liquid gold is going for the low ski on <laughs> liquid gold. I'm telling you, ask ask anybody, ask anybody that's had a had a woman with breast milk in the house, and a guy messed it up. You will. It's date or a woman. It's it's. It's a dandy. It's like it's like if you flushed cocaine down the toilet, like in what's that movie? Uh, ah, what's the fucking movie? What Ray Liotta? Uh, uh, Casino? Not no Goodfellas. Is it Goodfellas? Goodfellas? Sorry, one of them. Yeah, where the like the cops come in and then or they think they're getting raided, and if his wife flushes all the coke down the toilet, the way he went off, that's the same way women act. If you get rid of their breast milk or you mess it up, it's the same way. How much though? I don't know how do we how do we transition from breast How milk? much though? How much is it? Like how how many ounces? Because I bet it's not a lot. Uh she she doesn't say. I can't it's, I see the picture, but I can't tell. It's like a little it's a it's a Ziploc bag full. It's like that that uh, Yeah, fifteen dollars. It's like six, six, seven ounces, maybe eight ounces. Yeah, that's like that's one bottle. Fifteen dollars for a bottle. That's how valuable that stuff is. Is there like uh is there like a, a shake version of breast milk? I can like milk a goat and say it's breast milk and sell it for the higher. I feel like you're that uh, I feel like if they find out that it's not actual breast milk and it's like goat milk. That's the thing. Milk. That's the same with selling fake drugs. <laughs> Don't get caught. Selling kitty litter instead. <laughs> Oh my God! All right. Yes. Um, yes. The breast milk is very sweet. I'll say that. All right. So, uh, top five songs of uh, 2021. <laughs> since we, so I guess uh, we talked about this before the the pod started. Um, what we're gonna try to do is the last week of every month is do an album review and try to kind of you know, explore and talk about some new artists with that. So technically Nas's magic came out at the end of 2021, but officially on this podcast, we're going to count that as a 2022 album since it came out so late. Um, so I just want to go over like, I guess our top five songs of 2021. If you hadn't heard some of them, maybe just put you on some different artists and just some of the vibes that we had. So um, I actually made a running list, which I'm going to do this year as well and title get your fucking shit together man like i saw that elliot wilson posted his 2021 wrap-up and i still don't have a 2021 wrap-up for my for title i have what i listened to this month like the top artist but i i don't know what my top artist of the year is yet like i don't know how he got it i mean of course he runs title whatever but can you give it to the people oh here we go here we go most listened to it's about the same as last year all right, so I have my most listened to list. It will probably mirror my top. Damn. All right. So based on 2021, my top. Damn. Let's go with my top five songs. This is not the list I was going to make. This is what I have off the of title, according to title. Number one song is Lemon Pepper Freestyle, Drake and Rick Ross, hashtag Aubrey's Angels. Number two is Once in Needs, Drake and Little Baby, mainly because Little Baby's part was super fire. 
And uh, Rev is going to like number three, uh, Mm-hmm by Vince Staples. Great song. I love that song. Uh, the first line, is, uh, what is it? Don't 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 catch a body. Don't get a body. <laughs> Thirty deep on Poppy. Um, number four, Marcus is gonna love this. Back in Blood, featuring Little Dirt, Pooh Shiesty. Jesus Christ. And my number five song of the year, <clears throat> according to title, is again Rev's gonna like this from my top album of twenty twenty one is The Shining by Vince Staples. So Vince Staples. Made my top five songs two times. Okay, so if we're doing that, if we're going by the uh, list of our top five most played songs from last year, so and, and I I, w- I just want to read mine, but I five I will get will probably be some songs this year. No, I can I, I can read mine, and if Rev loved your list, she's going to love my uh, list. Uh, number one, Law of Averages, Vince Staples. If we're just strictly going rap, number two, Are You With That, Vince Staples. Number three, The Shining, Vince Staples. Number four, Sundown Town, Vince Staples. Number five, Lil Fade, Vince Staples. Number six, Taking Trips, Vince Staples. Number seven, Take Me Home, Vince Staples. And number nine, mm-hmm, Vince Staples. And number 10, Family Ties, <laughs> Baby King, <laughs> featuring Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I didn't. Need, I just looked it up, but yeah, my top the the songs I listened to the most was Vince Staples, clearly, and that's the beauty of having such a short album. You can just run through them really quick. Like you can listen to the album once a day easily. So mine is going to be a little bit more inwardish, southern based. So number one, I have Jesus Lord Part Two. Two, I have Eastern Miami. Three, I have Waukesha. Four, I have Ski. Five, I have Straightening. Six, 7 a.m. on Bertle Path. Seven, Feeling Peachy. Eight, Life of the Party. Nine, No Child Left Behind. And 10, Love It Here by Moneybag Yo. Yeah, you'd be in the so I have a lot of Kodak Black for some reason. And yeah. <laughs> hey, look, it, I know, I know the 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 Project Baby gets a lot of flack, but I, I that would probably be my guilty pleasure. I, I do enjoy some of Kodak Black's music. I, I really like Super Gremlin. Like I've been bumping the heck out of that this past week. All the other songs on my list were uh, from Silk Sonic. Like my top, outside of the songs I played for my kids, it was Vince Staples and Silk Sonic all 2021. But, and Paul it, Wall made my list too. He's, he's in my top 20. Sitting sideways. Hey. Hold on, let me post this real quick. Yeah, it, like I said, my, my music doesn't really change too much. Um, let me see, post that. Like my top artist again was so okay. Those are your top songs. So according to your list, who are your top are your top artists? Uh, Vince Staples, uh, Kanye, J Cole, Drake, uh, Silk Sonic. If I remember correctly, uh, Drake, was Kanye Drake, West. Yeah, Kanye West. Uh, I have it. It was. I just need to scroll down. Scroll down. Drake, Kanye, Kendrick, uh, Pat Cole. 
Bruno Mars, Stevie Wonder, Jay-Z, Vince Staples, Beyonce. I'm surprised Anderson Peck didn't make my list. And again, this this goes back to what I said last episode on my favorite my favorite albums. Not best albums. My top artists were, of course, Prince again, Vince Staples. I don't know how Kanye West made this list. Drake oh, wow. and Larry June. Larry June was my top yeah. artist. I fuck with Larry June. Like I went back uh, while I was playing Halo, I was listening to like some of his other his older tracks, like Larry June, and just like most artists, he's definitely uh, an inspiration. Same, same with the podcast. Like Larry June was has been putting out music for like a decade before I heard of him. You know what I'm saying? Like sick with the grind, sick with the hustle. Like I'm like, damn, he's making songs in 2010. Didn't I know that? And some of those songs bang. You know what I mean? So again, if if, if anything, Larry June is a testament to the grind that we we all should have when you're putting out a hustle. So. Uh, I'm gonna definitely go back and run Larry June's old shit. Like it all sounds good. It all sounds good. So definitely check out Larry June, uh, representing San Francisco. So, but yeah, me. I mean, artist wise, like a Kanye West number one by far. Drake, the Osley Brothers, Moneybag Yo, Prince, Usher, Tupac, Young Thug, Jodeci, Aaliyah, Kodak Black, Genuine. Yeah, I guess similar. So if, if we should keep scrolling down on my list, after the top five, you got Pride, uh, a song from Ransom from the uh, Griselda movie soundtrack, uh, Conflicted, I think it was called. After that, you got Bubba Chuck, Westside Gun Stove Guy, Gang Signs, Freddie Gibbs, Schoolboy Q. Then Take Me Home, Vince Staples, Take a Trip, Vince Staples. Part of the game, 50 Cent, Respect My Mind by Dom Kennedy is Fire from the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. After that, Little Fade, Vince Staples. After that, Apple in the Tree, Vince Staples. Uh, Jose Canseco, more West Side Gun, and Self Guide. Next, Lakewood Mall, Vince Staples, Freddie Gibbs, and then other miscellaneous songs. And then there's another run of three more Vince Staples songs. Like, yeah, Vince Staples definitely dominated my 2021. So if you have not checked out Vince Staples, Vince Staples, the album, definitely check it out. He's actually got some cool merch too on his website that is like all sold out. So I could, I was trying to grab something, but I could not. So I'm gonna definitely check out his merch and see if I can cop a shirt or something like that. And you know what else? Before we go on, one person I never would have thought would have made like my top ten albums that I've listened to, um, Lenny Kravitz. He's number like I've listened to his greatest hits, the ninth most out of all the albums. Like. I don't know what it is that's gotten into me, but like I really like Lenny Kravitz. Like that music, some of those songs, man, the music, the the, the singing. Like I, I like I like Lenny Kravitz. I fucks with it. Like heavy. Good old Lenny Kravitz. I think Prince is probably gonna make my list. I need to get more Anderson Pack. He's probably down on my list somewhere. I feel like I listen to him a lot. Like I don't know why he didn't register, but. It's interesting. Where is he at? So, perhaps, damn. Maybe because he didn't put out a new album. I don't count Sucks on it. Well, I got Fire in the Sky on here a lot. But but also, too, with title, they need to put the number. I want to see the number of times I listen to this specific song. I don't I don't need just the list. I want Apple, the number. Apple Music has it. <sighs> just saying. Just hey, saying. They make liquid oil, hair oil. Hair, liquid gold, hair oil too. I see the soap. I might buy some. 
It's six dollars. Oh, That's so clear skin up. Yeah, Rev. I was actually uh, I had to drive to the airport the other day, and I ran pretty much Big Fish and Prima Donna as well. Um, I was in the, I was in Vince Staples all day today, and uh, FM. So. FM, I, I I forgot some people. I forgot J Rock was on there. I forgot uh, Juicy J was on that. I was like, FM's, FM's a good good album. Yeah, it feels like summer. It feels like Big summer. Bill Banks. Theory. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah, Vince Staples out here killing it to this day. That's probably one of my go tos if it's not from the Vince Staples Vince Staples album. So, but yeah, still still super depressing, but still great music. <laughs> it is what it is. That man's is out here. <laughs> Anywho, um, I think we covered everything. Um, Top five songs. Let's see. Yeah, I still haven't dropped my. Uh, still haven't dropped my Logic playlist that's coming. I know the streets are asking for it. So, Yikes. nigga tracker. It's it's coming. Instruction yeah. playlist coming soon. It, it is coming. We're out here. Super positive vibes. Always. Um, I guess. I guess that's it. What else? Uh, I think Top five songs. Over. I thought we just did that. Oh, so no, that was a top five played songs. Oh, okay. So, so what I would say is I'm gonna do the same thing this year. That's why I was asking if like there was some new music coming out because like I listen to new songs. <laughs> the streets rev. The streets want this uh, this logic playlist. We out here supporting the biracial angel himself. Uh, so I I make a running playlist throughout the year. So that's why I'm waiting for some new music to drop. Um, so in 2021, I made a running playlist. Uh, if I can find it on my damn phone, uh, da, 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 da. the playlist consists consists of 68 songs. That is three hours. So it's pretty much like I go through albums, or I go through like, hey, this is what title is recommending, and I listen to the tracks. And I came up with 68 songs. So I'm going to give you guys five songs that I highly recommend listening to. Um, start. We'll start with, uh, even though it made my top play, it's a song called Part of the Game by 50 Cent, NLE Chopper, and Riley Lanes. Definitely a great vibe. Uh, it's using the sample from the Mary Jane Girls All Night Long, which that sample is undefeated. Like, you can't go wrong with that sample. It's If you don't know what it is, definitely look it up. Um, like, for whatever reason, 50 Cent, he, he dropped some good one-offs. Like, if you watched Power when it first came out, like, the theme song for Power was a fire track with 50 Cent. Like, don't know how, don't know why. That shit fucking slipped. 50 Cent and Joe, I think. So um, that's going to be my first track. It's part of the game. Um, second one I'll give you is from a compilation album from YG. It's called Hit Em Up featuring YG Dezen, D3SZN, and a female artist I would like to hear a lot more music from named Day Soon On. Uh, definitely check that out. Love the West Coast vibes from it. So check that out. Um, let's see. That's two. Scroll down. Scroll down. Uh, da, 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 da. Nope. Don't care about that song. Don't care about that song. Uh, let's go with uh, 6 a.m. in Sausalito. Larry June. Again, this is a Larry June stand account. So definitely check that out. That's three. Uh, Draymond, Westside Gun Stove God Cooks from the uh, I think Hitler Wears Hermes part eight. Definitely check that out. Uh, a Lucy song that a lot of people I'm disappointed did not tweet about because this man's Lucy songs are better than some songs on people's albums. Um, Fire in the Sky, Anderson Pack, 
from the uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings soundtrack. It is a excellent track. Excellent track. So definitely check that out. And for my last one, I will go with, let's see, uh, Outside, <laughs> Better Days, Mo and OG Bobby Billions. That'll be my, my number five track. So that shit is fire. All right. So my top five list is, list is going to be a little bit more uh, <laughs> more uh, commercial, I guess, because I was I was trying to figure out, like, what were the five best songs that came out in 2020, 21. And I was just like, man, that's going to take a lot of work. That's going to be like very hard to do because there's a, obviously there's a lot of music to, to go through. And I kind of have the same thing that Breeze has where uh, every year. Whatever album I listen to, I take one song off of that album and put it on a playlist. So I just have it for the whole year so I can know, like, hey, let me go back. Hey, what came out this year? Let me go back and listen to that, see where it falls, whatever. So I decided to just make a top five list of songs that came out in 2021 that kind of defined the year of, of music. Like, if you were to put make, like, a time capsule, like, hey, what were the best or the hottest songs that came out in 2021? What would they be? So... Number five, uh, I went with her. Well, it's not in order, but number five, I'm gonna go with Hurricane from Donda. Uh, the weekend kind of set that song off completely. Like I, I'm not even that big of a fan of the weekend, but he made it to where I was just like, you know what? Maybe I need to give this guy another chance because Kanye does that thing where he gets the best out of people. He even did it with Lil Baby. He kind of made Lil Baby sound a little bit different than his regular. Uh, sounding rapping style where he just kind of raps about the same thing over and over again. And it was kind of refreshing to hear him on that. Uh, number four, I'm going to go with Family Ties by uh, Baby Keem from the Melodic Blue. And I feel like I, I put that on there because that's the return of Kendrick Lamar. And it's kind of like Kendrick's been out for like five years. So it's just like for him to come back onto the scene, rapping the way he was rapping, kind of sets up his 2022 to be at a hopefully a high level and back to what he's used to because definitely use some more music from that guy. Um, I'm sure Hey Ocho is not happy about that. Um, number three, I don't think anybody on the podcast is going to like this one, but I went with uh, Welcome to the Party by Pop Smoke from the, uh, I think it's what? from a movie soundtrack called uh, Boogie. Uh, the only reason I put that down there is because there's been a lot of like, New York drill sound that's been going on, like him, Fabio Foreign, like New York drill is really making it come up and it's pretty popular. It's a pretty popular sound right now. And a lot of people are using it. And I like I mean, it's the sound is growing on me. So it was either pick him or Fabio Foreign. So I just went with Pop Smoke because I like the song better. Uh, the next song uh, from an artist that I think is a one hit wonder and will be irrelevant in about three years Back in Blood by Pooh Shiesty. I think that song is free Pooh Shiesty. That man is done. <laughs> like, yeah, that man is out of here. Uh, he will. I hope he saves his money. He, he's gonna have a Bobby Schmurder type fall off pretty soon here. Uh, so hopefully, maybe he'll just snitch and just get out early. Good, well, whatever. And number one, I feel like this is the uh, song of the year. Uh, pretty undeniable. Can't really dispute it. And just, it's always funny how this song even came out. This song came out due to a light skin biracial man's pettiness uh life of the party uh kanye west 150,000 from uh donda like that's 
that song kind of took over the internet, took over the charts, took over every conversation involving uh, rap this year. And it was like the way people talked about Lauren Hill's verse on King's Disease 2 is what Andre 3000 actually did on uh, Donda. So I'm, I'm glad that Drake is petty and uh, Drake lost. So Life of the Party, number one song of 2021. So with me, I guess I'm going to start out with someone that was somewhat forgotten about, <clears throat> but I felt like at the time that her album dropped, it was a great project. Um, I'm going to go with Jasmine Sullivan Lost One. Um, I mean, it may not be in anybody else's best song. It may not even be the best song on the album, but that was a song that really resonated with me. Um, just, you know, with the things I went through, uh, with myself and my former lover. Um, so yeah, that one lost one Jasmine Sullivan. It really, it really hit close to home. Um, <clears throat> after that, I mean, I know my number one song is going to be Wakisha because I just, I just really love that sample. <clears throat> I love the way that the Biggie did it. I love the way that Ashanti did it. I love the original song. And I mean, even just the way that he flipped it and he was talking about lean, but I mean, it, it was almost used as a metaphor because it could be talking about a woman. It was just a clean ass song. So Wakisha's definitely in there. And this is not by any um, order. I'm stuck on my next one because it's two songs off of the Wale project that I really like. And I, if it had come out earlier, these Wale probably would have been a lot higher up the list for me um, as far as artists that I listen to. Um, but I'm stuck between Caramel and Tiffany Nikes. Like, Tiffany Nikes, when they come on, I get hype. You know, I remember the shoes, the Tiffany Nikes. I remember the hype behind it when they came behind. I, I mean, when they came out, I just really like the vibe. And Caramel Kisses, I love I love the sample on it. I like the way, to me, Wale may be one of the best rappers when it comes to a rapper that is rapping about empowering women like or bigging up women or talking about women in his raps like when he takes that lane in rap he's he's untouchable like i'll take him over kendrick i'll take him over j cole i'll take him over jay-z i'll take him over anybody when it comes to talking about relationship stuff like wale that's that's his bag right there you, you know from uh, ambition to or ambitious girl to the breakup song, Lotus Flower Bomb, um, bad. Just any time that he decides to go in that lane, he dominates. So those two songs, um, and what else? And and you know what? When I first got on the TikTok, uh, I didn't know what was going on with that song Ski, but. And I cut it on in the car with the JBLs. I, I like Ski. Like Ski made me really fall in love with Young Thug and what he does as not just an artist, but an instrument. So I'm going to add Ski on there, um, him and Gunna. And I even found a new respect for Gunna. Like Gunna is pretty tight too. He's, you know, he's a, pretty, he's a good dude. And I don't know if I'm on four or five yet, but it's going to be a toss up again. And for me, it's Jesus Lord too, or life of the party. Like both of those songs were just, you know, everything for me in 2022. I mean, 2021, um, from the production, the way Kanye was spitting Jesus Lord, 
uh, the features that he had on it, the message in the end, and the same way with Life of the Party. I don't have to piggyback too much on it because Marcus had already said um, what he said about it. But, I mean, the verse from Andre, it was just magnificent to me. The the added little piece and the emotion of, of the DMX piece at the end. Um, so between that and Jesus Lord too, those two are my um, are, are my definite favorite songs. But those are my top songs for 2022. And if if you get a chance to re-listen to that Hotel album, it was it was a really good album. I feel like a lot of people. It's one of the ones that people are kind of forgetting about. Came out the first That was like the yeah. first album of 2021. It's like a lot of that's kind of the yeah. downfall of dropping that early. Is people tend to forget about your stuff. You got to drop like in the summer or at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Make a TikTok. Yeah, uh, I, <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not doing TikTok, but <laughs> I, I will use it for it. It's easy. I actually have a TikTok. I've had a TikTok for shit, probably over, probably over a year. I just never, I don't use it at all. I, there's, there's very minimal value except for editing videos. But uh, I am gonna get back on IG. I've decided to take IG back the challenge to get these 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 people out of here so if you like sneakers and wild pictures, huh what yeah definitely come on ig rock with me tiktok tiktok giving out checks yo okay shit well i might i might get on tiktok <laughs> i mean i heard i'm gonna be on there stealing videos just remaking them like everybody else does so but yeah, I'm gonna definitely try to be more active on IG. So if you see some wild pictures, just you know, just rock with it. Just you know, be out here living life, you know. But it is what it is. Chan, you got an IG? What's your IG? Definitely drop your IGs in the chat. I'm. I know I already follow Rev. I don't know if Lowski has an IG, um, but yeah, I already follow most of y'all folks. But anywho. I think that about does does this episode up. Definitely uh, another solid episode. Great episode to start 2022 with. Definitely subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud. Um, continue to rock with us as we continue to get better and improve and grow throughout this uh, great year and make things. <laughs> okay, all right. Three employees get paid. Okay, we learned ourselves. So yes, that's that's what we need to do as a black community: come together and teach each other how to make passive streams of income. Black is beautiful. I'm on my Dr. Umar today on the podcast. Let's get these coins in 2022. Let's bless up. Let's glow up. You know, drink your water, get clean skin. You know what I'm saying? If you still have hair, unlike some of us on the podcast in the chat, you know, make sure your hair is moisturized, all that good stuff. Um, and keep it pimping, pimping. Uh, Tech, do you have any shout outs as we wrap this thing on up? Uh, shit, I don't know, man. Shout out to L, and I want to say shout out to Kim Kardashian and the truckers that made the movement to get the young Colombian brother. Uh, his time reduced from 110 years to 10 years um, that uh, was involved in that fatal car crash or truck crash in uh, Colorado. So uh, definitely shout out to her for getting on the case. Shout out to you know, the people for using the power of the people and boycotting not going into the state because nobody deserves 110 years, especially if it's a system malfunction. It's not like he was drinking and driving. Speaking of that, um, definitely no shout out to Roddy Rich. Why in the hell are you driving 185 miles an hour? I know your album is 
live is it is it rap fast live fast the, the album's ass but whatever the case may be you shouldn't wow. be driving that fast like it, it's okay but it's not that great but you know it is what it is shout out to liquid gold too and for all hey. the ladies listening you know if you got it for sale hit me up y'all already know what i do that's wild that is wild uh here there goes another one uh where did this record come from <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, yeah, that was that was weird. Uh, just you know, a shout out to because I seen a couple people that that are doing this, but uh, uh, Jazz she posted a TikTok that she uh, watches like YouTube videos like on TV, and I think I saw someone else doing that with the the Dirty Bird Nation Report uh, podcast. I know that's not this one, but we're affiliated with them, so when they do good, we do good also. So it's. It's just cool to see that people rock with us that hard to where they're just like, oh, I'm about to, you know, pour up a drink, you know, set up some hookah or, you know, snack on something, smoke something and listen to, you know, us talk for an hour and a half to two hours uh, once a week. And I mean, I, I, I don't take that stuff lightly, man. I, I really appreciate appreciate the people that, you know, show up in the chat and uh, interact with us on Twitter. I feel like we have a nice little uh, tight knit group of people that we rock with and uh it's cool. Like shout out to all y'all. Shout, shout out to everybody that listens. Shout out to every. Shout out to anybody that has ever told anybody about the podcast. Like, you know, it's it's appreciated on this side. So shout out to y'all. Dang, you know what? Oh my god, I was yeah. just telling somebody about the podcast, and I'm sure when I post it, they're gonna listen to this. And this is a business contact, and they're gonna hear me talking all crazy every time, man. I mean, hashtag comedy style, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this, you know, if people from the work stumble upon this, just watch it and enjoy it. Don't don't look at uh this podcast. <laughs> a lot of potential relationships with women. <laughs> don't look at talk way too reckless. <laughs> you know what? No, to be fair, like the whole thing with, with jobs, I'll make a, a mini rant. Like a lot of people uh kind of I don't know, they, they have this idea of like what professionalism is and like let it be told from some of the standards they have at work that like, you know, people don't cuss and people don't drink excessively. Like fam, even like the top politicians that preach all this conservative stuff, they'd be the ones out there having orgies and sex parties and doing cocaine. So I think we should shift the paradigm more professionalism is like, they're not going home reading their Bibles every night. They're going on home and get on only fans and making it rain on these, uh, entrepreneurs out here so let's let's you know if you do see this from a professional aspect we're just having fun loosen up loosen up your tie pour up a drink you know have a good time um definitely next week kind of on the whole orgy thing i do want to talk about uh don't look up next week as we uh, ran out of time this week but if you haven't watched don't look up we're going to talk about it next week it is a a, a definitely uh, a great uh, representation of society as a whole netflix did a great job on that starring uh your man's, uh, I can't even think of his name, Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, who's not been around for quite some time. Uh, a lot of famous people, like Chris Evans had a cameo in it. It's, it's, I was like confused how Netflix can afford to pay all these big stars, but I forget that they charge me every month uh, a decent amount of money to consume their products. So um, definitely appreciate all support as usual. And again, appreciate the support. I just said that. Uh, this is KTSCF podcast. We are out. Peace.